0: To Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. We now present an encore presentation of Carmelite Conversations.
1: Well, welcome back to Carmelite Conversations on Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. Uh, today we have a special program and are happy to be offering this program, Francis. We've uh, been out of the studio for quite a while now.
0: Yes, we've had a lot of snow, sub-zero, chilly, chilly, chilly temperatures, and so ice. <laughs>
1: we were in the polar vortex, I think. They yes, called we had it, right? that
0: Arctic blast in person. <laughs>
1: yeah, that was uh, that was a tough week, but uh, we made it through all that. We were not able, unfortunately, to make it into the studio last week. Uh, so um, I understand they would have played a. a Tape of one of our previous programs, but it's unfortunate that we missed that. But we are able to offer that uh, format this week. And what we're going to discuss this week is the importance of a rule of life. Now, I have written in my notes here, Francis, the original title I had for this, but I know you had a better one that you put out on our Facebook page. What is the the title?
0: (laughs) The Rule of the Heart.
1: (laughs) Rule of the Heart. And what we're going to talk about today, uh, listeners, is this idea, uh, which in fairness we have discussed before. But we want to offer, I think, a little more insight on defining for ourselves a rule of life or a set of individual devotions and commitments that we make uh, in love to the Lord to fulfill our promise to him, but also to help us and guide us uh, in managing our time and in staying focused in our spiritual journey and most especially in our interior life. So that's the topic of discussion for today, but we're going to begin with the principle of every rule of life, and that is prayer. Prayer. Francis, would you lead us in prayer?
0: Yes, and this comes from Romans chapter 13, 11 through 14. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. It is the hour now for you to awake from sleep, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is advanced. The day is at hand. Let us then throw off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves properly as in the day, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in promiscuity and licentiousness, not in rivalry and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the desires of the flesh. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
1: Amen. The time is short. Boy, that's a very powerful message, and I think for uh, any of us, we have to recognize the reality of that writing. The time today is shorter than it was when we first uh, came to the gospel, or perhaps in some cases returned to the gospel. We call uh, sometimes a conversion or a reconversion, if you were a cradle Catholic, um, and for all of us the time is growing shorter we know that we don't need to to go into the details of that but nonetheless uh, for um for any of us who are on this spiritual journey we have less time today than we did yesterday that's that's a certain reality
0: yes the day is at hand (laughs) so let's uh rejoice in the lord and make it count
1: (laughs) this was a theme that we wanted to begin the year with and of course last week was the sixth which would have been our first um broadcast in the year and because of the weather. I mentioned we couldn't get into the studio, but we thought it was worth still hitting this theme. And, Francis, so important, Uh, we're going to talk about Teresa's focus on obedience as we begin this conversation. But the rule for her was so important because it helped to focus her day. Now she left the incarnation, her original Carmel in Avila, um, to found Saint Joseph's, the new Carmel. And she says in so many words, I did so so that I could create a structure of life that would help me along this spiritual journey. She had become convinced that what was happening in incarnation, where the rules had become a bit lax, where the population of uh, sisters had grown, Um, uh, fairly uh, significantly uh, where there wasn't as much time for silence and solitude, she believed that she needed to return personally her own life uh, to uh, a greater rigor in exercise of the rule.
0: In fact, there's this quote from her Book of Foundations, In the incarnation, I wouldn't be able to observe the austerity of the primitive rule that the community numbered more than 150 and that where there are few, there is more harmony and quiet.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so the primitive rule she's referring to, of course, is the rule of St. Albert, right. the rule that was given to the brothers of uh, Mount Carmel on Mount Carmel in 1290-ish, <laughs> <laughs> I think is when it was finally um, um, handed down from the Pope. It was given uh, the the necessary uh, blessings from the Pope and was adopted by our Uh, Forebears on Mount Carmel, and when she says more primitive rule, of course, what she's really referring to is this idea of standing in silence before the living God in prayer. Uh, Mm -hmm. This this idea that our call in Carmel is yes to a uh, apostolic involvement in the world, and we've talked about that in previous programs. But tonight we want to focus on this idea of abiding in a. Um, relationship with the Lord abide in me the Lord says and staying in that abiding relationship in prayer was her return to the primitive
2: rule.
0: And when you said standing before the Lord in his presence, I'm thinking of, you know, St. Elijah on Mount Carmel there, you know. And so we can keep that as the the background of of this setting. But, you know, I think, Mark, for our audience's sake, we should probably define what we mean. Um, You know, there's several titles of what this rule of life could be. Um, I'm going to throw out some titles, and then I'm going to ask you to define uh, what this is. Um, Some of the titles might be um, for for the rule of life. It could be a plan of life, guidelines for spiritual growth, spiritual roadmap, a business plan for the soul, a spiritual battle plan, commitments for daily living, a spiritual workout regimen. All right. well, so those are some nice, catchy titles. <laughs>
1: well, I like the last two: uh, um, a commitment uh, for the spiritual life, or how did you phrase it? A
0: Commitments commit- for daily living and spiritual workout regimen.
1: Yeah, the spiritual workout regimen is good too, because you you know, in order, uh, and, and Paul uses this terminology: in order to enter the arena, the athlete can't just simply show up one day and you <laughs> right. know, throw on his shorts and, and begin the race. <laughs> He's
0: going to lose. Yeah, there's <laughs> that way. some
1: training that's necessary. There's preparation. Uh, Nutrition, <laughs> discipline and some some ongoing, uh, you know, sort of uh,
2: discipline,
1: uh, yes. yeah, rigor that has to be brought to that. And that's what the rule of life is. So what is it? It may be simply a set of devotions that I say, I will do this every day or week or month, whatever the commitment is. And we're going to talk through some examples of that. But basically, the rule of life is a commitment that we make to the Lord. In writing, ideally, we happen to have that in writing in our own Carmelite rule. Uh, we can add to that, as many of us do, um, what specifically we'll add, we'll talk about. But it's basically saying, I am committing to these things, and nothing in my life is will distract me from these uh, responsibilities, whatever those might be. Now, we know, of course, some basics. We don't need to uh, cover, I think, in any great detail, uh, the desire that we would get to daily mass, where that's possible. Uh, Daily recitation of the rosary, which is our devotion to the Blessed Mother. The divine office, if you can do that. On a monthly basis, reconciliation. Maybe journaling becomes, spiritual journaling becomes part of that, and we have some other examples. I don't want to go to that at this point. The objective is we define a certain set of practices, devotions, commitments that we say represent our means of developing our spiritual uh journey our walk a spiritual the
0: relationship with God and
1: relationship and we make a commitment to that which should be every bit as important to us as any commitment in our life
0: and that we could also because this is January and you know New Year's resolutions we could say this commitment is our resolutions so we could make this a New Year's resolution to come up with our spiritual battle plan or our workout regimen for our spiritual life.
1: Yeah. Now, I I think I've shared with you, Francis, my own perspective that I shy away from that that phrase New Year's resolution and prefer one that you and I've discussed, which is I make the resolve to Mm -hmm. do this. One of the problems with the New Year's resolution is some people is that they make the commitment and then a week or a month or two months into it, they may break it and they fall away. We're not saying... That the rule has to be something rigorous that, oh, my gosh, I can't conceive of breaking the rule. No, we resolve to make the commitment. If something happens and you don't get to your normal uh, time for daily mass and there isn't anything else available to you. OK, you didn't make mass that day, but you resolve to return to the battlefield and engage again the next day. But you can't. Um. Simply say, "Well, I'm going to do my best to try to, you know, live by this." Yeah.
0: The the rule of life is a guide. It's to serve us, to help us grow. So we're the master um, over the rule, but but the rule is there to guide us and and also to hold us accountable. Uh, it keeps us on track. You know, when you're feeling ill or you're feeling. You know, sometimes we just feel blah, and we don't want to do stuff. So it's important, and and athletes would agree with this too. You know, even though you feel blah, you're going to go in there and do your workout because you know that you need to keep your your muscles going whatever um in order to uh progress so this is kind of a routine that that we can keep coming back to um and maybe we fall away from it for a day or two or something happens but we come back to it and it keeps us going through the ups and downs and the emotions and the physical issues that come along and
1: Uh, and you know what happens francis to all of us especially in this day and age when we have so many means of distracting ourselves with society and entertainment and uh, multimedia and so forth whatever is not committed to whatever time is not committed to this particular activity spiritual growth is given away to other distractions where there's no commitment but they consume vast amounts of our time. Yeah. It's the things that we don't commit to that actually tend to consume vast amounts of our time Ooh, unless point. we make that commitment. Yeah. The television, the radio, music, reading, uh uh you know, talking, uh, what what have
0: Shopping. you. Shopping. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All of those things will fill up the empty space. So we've got to make prudent decisions about Defining what is necessary, and it should be somewhat tailored right. to the individual not only to your schedule and to your uh, maturity and your spiritual journey but to um, the the other aspects of your life like. What virtues must you work on, for example? Right. Those should be tempered into the decisions as to what represents your rule of life. Now, we'll talk about basic elements of it. And then, Francis, I want to discuss with you some of the more mature aspects of the rule of life. But I want to make this final point before we move on. And I've raised this before. Uh, Father Chowning uh, has made the comment to me of a visitor of this uh, program and a, a great Carmelite um, who's at Holy Hill in uh, Wisconsin. And we've had the privilege of both interviewing him and being with him on a number of occasions. He said to me uh, when we were together actually in Spain this past year, he said, um, most people never advance on the spiritual journey because they fail to live lives of intentionality. Yeah. They don't intentionally say this is what i'm going to do and i'm going to fill the time that is necessary with a commitment to whatever it is that will bring me closer to my intimate relationship with the lord
0: and you know if, if we uh, take this into the business world you know businesses have business plans they have objectives they have goals and they have steps on how they're going to grow their business etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, well we need to do this in our spiritual life if if we want to have good progress Now. Um, we could have a haphazard life and then maybe we'll, we'll fall off more easily. But to have some direction, some objective, uh, we create more of an order. And as St. Bernard says, take care of order and order will take care of you.
1: Yes, exactly. Well, two quick, um, I, I think, cautions on this idea of defining a rule. And I want to provide a little history of my own experience. When I went looking many years ago for a way to deepen my own spiritual life, and I ultimately discovered Carmel, and I won't go through the details of that, uh, but one of the things I can say that attracted me to Carmel was the fact that we had a rule of life. Now, other um, uh, third orders or secular orders uh, have similar rules, mm-hmm. but I thought not with the history and the legacy of the rule of karma, which I believe is the oldest, if I'm not mistaken, if it, we're talking I, about, I think you're right. uh, uh, Elijah and when it was defined. I may be challenged on that, but it's certainly among the oldest, um, uh, defined rules for a, uh, an order, a religious order in the history of the church. And, and this so, is,
0: this is the rule of Saint Albert of Jerusalem, just so correct. we know which Albert yeah. we're talking about. Yeah.
1: Um, and I was very attracted by that. Um, but I also recognize, Um, that there was uh, the opportunity then to fall away from that if I wasn't perfect at it. And when I approached it, I thought, oh, I've got to be perfect at it. So it causes you, and it should, to think a little bit before you make a commitment to Carmel. Uh, and I have to confess, I've certainly not been perfect at fulfilling the rule uh, or the elements of the rule I may have defined by myself. But as I said before, I think it's important for us to recognize it's a resolve to do these things and not to become discouraged because the first thing Satan wants to do is point out all of our deficiencies with regard to this, and we begin to be become discouraged and fall away we make the resolve we're not going to be perfect we get back in the game immediately and recommit ourselves to the rule
0: yeah this is really an attitude of approach that is focused on growing in contact with god and growing in love of god and love of neighbor
1: and and you're absolutely right that has to be the central theme and it's really my second caution and that is We don't want to become dogmatic about the execution of the rule. Why are we bringing this up now? Because it should go into your thought process as to how you define an individual rule for yourself. What do you need to advance in your spiritual life? And if you don't know or if you would struggle with the definition or the response to that question, seek spiritual guidance. Seek out a priest. Seek out somebody who knows you and get a little, you know, maybe not your spouse or or your best friend, but somebody who you're confident will give you good feedback
0: and you can also pick up a book on it Yeah, um, I, i'm going to recommend this one because i i they've got a good couple of chapters on it and and it helps in many ways it's called navigating the interior life spiritual direction and the journey to god it's by daniel burke B-U-R-K-E, Navigating the Interior Life. He has some wonderful chapters about um, the rule of life and it, creating a rule of is life. Is that
1: up on our Facebook page as well, Francis? Uh, I
0: can put it on there.
1: Yeah, let's do that. Let's put the title up there so that people can reference it, because it is a good resource.
0: Yeah, Carmelite Conversations on Facebook. I love yes. it.
1: <laughs> Again, don't become too dogmatic. Don't define a rule that is um, uh, unachievable from the beginning. I think that's important um yeah, Rather. some people some
0: people try to overdo it and, and make it too hard, and then of course, then you fail, and then Satan's going to have a heyday, yeah. and then you're not going to want to ever do it again, and that's his plan is to <laughs> to help you fall at the very beginning. So you you know you might want to start a little easy, and then just gradually. Uh,
1: Consistency is what matters, and, right?
0: And we can change it. It, yeah. it 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 grows. It's it's not a set and that's it for the rest of your life. You you create it, and it should be flexible, and it's. A, a growing thing that, that works with you. But, you know, I think it should be like an ABC thing. Uh, this I read somewhere, and I thought, this is good. The value of the ABCs of your rule is A, authentic, all right, uh, B, balanced, mm-hmm. not overdoing it, and C, centered, centered on God.
1: Yeah, now speak to the authentic piece of it.
0: Well, it should be about you.
1: Yes, that's important. You know, your roots
0: in where you, what root virtue you want to grow to. What are you wanting to do on a daily basis? How? What kind of practice are you going to do to um, grow in detachment or mortification? What are you going to do to grow in charity or love of neighbor or uh, acts of mercy? Uh, what are you doing to practice the presence of God? These these are different uh, ways of approaching it. Or. Um, of course, we're going to talk about some more of those things. But, yeah. but you know, we, we want some specific things that can be measurable. Um, it could be daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. But we we want to um, not make it so hard um, and and so robust that it's unachievable. And we don't want to be making everybody around us miserable because right. we're doing it.
1: And that's the dogmatic part of it. We don't want to become so married to the world. You know, here's a simple question to ask yourself. Uh, maybe just, uh, you know, investigate your own personality. If you were in a college course or you took a graduate course at this stage of your life, what would your focus be? Would your focus be to just get through the course and get the grade so some professor can stamp your card at the end of the semester? Or do you really want the knowledge? And would you even be willing to get the knowledge at the risk of getting a C in the course? In other words, you make a commitment to a rule of life, except that you're going to fail at some aspects of it. But the point is not whether you every day necessarily get dogmatically through the sequence of events that you have defined for yourself. It's that you make the resolve to grow in your spiritual life, and as Francis has said time and time again, you make a commitment to increase the love and the understanding you have of our living God. That's why you make a rule. Not so that you can grade yourself at the end and hope that somebody stamps your card and you get to walk out the door with a B or an A. Yeah,
0: it's not a checklist to just check them off, and if you get them all checked off, you get an A. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So what is your commitment to the rule? You have to Ask yourself this first before you begin to define the rule because it's important to know what it is that you hope to get out of it. We've mentioned you might look at your own spiritual deficiencies and begin by defining something that will help you overcome those. Maybe there's an area of growth that you want to see increasing your prayer. Maybe you want to spend more time in reconciliation. Maybe you want to spend more time in academics, understanding some element of our faith that maybe you've struggled with in the past. Whatever it is, it's an individual thing. You make the commitment. Don't become overly dogmatic to it, but I want to Give you the reverse position as well by asking a couple of questions, which I think are important for us to ask ourselves. And these are the Dan Burke questions, Francis. Take us through those, uh, because I think they help us sort of set our mind about the responsibility we have uh, to, in fact, define a rule for ourselves. Because I know many of our listeners now are sitting there going, oh, Mark, Francis, I appreciate that. But I know what I do. I do this every day. I go to mass and I have confession. I have the road. It's all it's okay for me. I've got it all worked out. I'm going to encourage you, if you haven't, write it down. And here's why, because Dan's got some good insight on this.
0: And, and Dan Burke, um, is the, um, person behind this website called Roman Catholic Spiritual Direction. Um, excellent site. Uh, so I encourage you to go to, um, that site
1: and it's Carmel. <laughs> right? They
0: have a well. They have a he, devotion he to a Carmel. Lot, they yeah. have a lot of Carmelite um, quotes and a lot of Carmelite uh, conversations yeah. on on that site. Um, but it's mainly, um, I think, uh, geared for all Catholics in growth and spiritual direction. Yeah. Uh, but, but but yes, of course, the Carmelites are quoted a lot. <laughs> um, but he says you you must begin asking this simple question. If you look back over the past year of growth in your faith and in holiness, can you honestly say that you've really grown in the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity? How about the other virtues? Are you more kind, generous, patient, peaceful? Do you have a deeper interior peace within your soul? And this reminds me so much of St. Teresa of because she's like, you know, we want to grow in our love of God, but we don't know how if we're growing in our love of God, except by how well we love our neighbor. So, you know, that's one of the greatest measurements of our growth and love of God is is our love of neighbor.
1: Dan goes on and has a more direct approach, which I think we will take the risk of sharing with our listeners, because I think it's important. Uh, We could ask ourselves this question. Think back over this past year. Did you lose anyone that you loved who was very close to you? And remember, back before they're passing away, they no doubt were spending time with family, eating, drinking, sleeping, playing, working, uh, just as we are today, but now they've gone to stand before God. Are we ready for that ourselves? Defining a rule will help increase the likelihood that we don't look back in 2015, January 2015, and say, I really haven't grown in the virtues. I'm really not more at peace with myself. I'm not more patient. We don't want to find ourselves in that situation. One of the most powerful ways, and St. Teresa, uh, of course, is our model for this, of overcoming that trap is to define a rule for ourselves. For her, it was to return to the primitive rule of Carmel, which she knew would create uh, create an environment that would be uh, more conducive to growth in her spiritual journey. What is it for us? When we come back from the break, we're going to talk very specifically about the elements of the rule and how best to ensure success in living by that rule. A reminder, you're listening to Carmelite Conversations on Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. We'll be right back.
0: Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. The program you're currently listening to is a rebroadcast of Carmelite Conversations.
1: Well, welcome back to Carmelite Conversations on Radio Maria. We're discussing today in our conversation the importance of setting a rule of life for ourselves.
0: A rule of the heart. <laughs> a rule
1: of the heart to improve uh, our our, love. <laughs> our likelihood of being successful in our spiritual journey and growing in love of the Lord. That's the central theme of the rule uh, again, rule may be a, a less than optimum term for our day and age, Francis. It suggests just that, rules. Uh, but it is a rule of life that helps to guide yeah. our uh, our direction and, and help us to move forward.
0: Maybe that spiritual workout regimen <laughs> that yeah. seems to be more in tune with the 2014. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think that's true, especially <laughs> with the, the focus on fitness in our day and age. <laughs> well, we were talking about uh, a couple of sort of um, uh, very uh, pressing questions, difficult questions. For us to face, are we really uh, more spiritually mature now than we were at the beginning of 2013? Uh, Do we want to be in a similar position at the beginning of 2015? And if not, what can we do about it? Uh, And one more question is there really any more important question for us to ask ourselves, Francis? This is the central theme of of the spiritual journey uh, doing what's necessary.
0: Well, because, you know, John of the Cross summed it up so beautifully when he said, In the evening of life, we we will be judged on love alone.
1: Exactly right. And in order for us to grow in love, in the interior of our life, we have to take certain steps we have to make a deliberate commitment there is a responsibility john would tell us Teresa would tell us there is a commitment that we have to make responsibilities we have to fulfill we have to prepare ourselves so that ultimately the lord can do the work in us right we Mm -hmm. know that at the end of the day we don't do that final work The, the lord does that for us but we have to demonstrate to the lord that we want that work to be done in us that we want to make a commitment that we want to show our love to him you know, I want to just preface um, the, the balance of our conversation with an introduction to a series that Francis and I are going to begin next week. We think it'll be a three-part series. On the operation of the will and how we help to conform our will to God's will. It's a three-step phase um, in, in a book entitled Into Your Hands, Father. Um, I don't want to get into the details of it, but I just want to say obedience and the defining of a rule of life is really the beginning of that process. That's mm-hmm. where it all begins. Uh, we begin to set aside our individual desires, our uh, distractions in life and make a commitment to something, uh, that is both, um, an aid and a guide for us, but is a uh, way of demonstrating our commitment to the Lord.
0: Yeah, and, and this spiritual roadmap is going to help us guard against wasting time. It's going to help us fight the good fight, even when our love and our zeal is lacking, or, you know, we don't want to depend on our feelings. So, you know, this is going to help us stay focused.
1: You bring up such an important point because that's when the rule becomes most important. I would say actually two phases. If you're just beginning the spiritual spiritual journey, you will get a lot of advice. Well, you, sh- you should do certain things. You should set the the direction to do certain things, daily mass, the rosary, what have you. Um, and initially I said, don't become dogmatic in the fulfillment of that. But I will, I will add this caution to that. At the early stages of the spiritual journey, if you're just, as I said, uh, entering conversion or maybe reconversion or you're deepening your commitment at this stage of your life to the Lord, the obligation becomes more important. Being a little bit dogmatic at this stage is okay. Make sure you fulfill whatever it is that you define as a rule because it is your way of exercising your will and keeping it involved. The second thing, though, that I want to say, and it's capitalizing on Francis's point, when we enter those inevitable dry phases of our spiritual journey, the difficult phases, the phases and the times, and we've all had them, when we say, I just don't want to do it today. I just don't want to go to church. I don't want to hear another sermon. I don't want to read the Bible today. That's when we have to fall back to the rule. And that's when Teresa's teaching on obedience becomes so important. Yeah. Part of the advantage of the definition of a rule is I now know what I must be obedient to. If I don't have a spiritual director if I'm not a, of a religious order, if I don't have uh, somebody who's providing me day and day direction on my spiritual journey, the rule serves that purpose. And as I said before, you can be assured the minute you set a rule for yourself Satan's going to try to push you off of that.
0: Right. And you know, this is personal discipline. And where does that word discipline come from? from but but the latin word which means to learn and so discipline and disciple go together so if you want to be a disciple of christ you must exercise discipline be willing to learn how to grow in your love of god and neighbor
1: well, you know, for instance, we said we'd offer some basic elements to um, a rule, uh, some of this from uh, the teachings of the saints and uh, our own rule in Carmel. Uh, I'd like to actually begin with the alleged apparitions at Medjugorje. And I say alleged because uh, the church has not yet uh, ruled on this. We certainly take uh, all of the fruit from Magigori, uh, and there is a great deal of fruit that comes from Magigori, and we should acknowledge that. Uh, we also acknowledge the church has not yet defined um, uh, the, the, the status as it relates to uh, Magigori.
0: Right. Has it ruled in favor, nor has it ruled it out. So.
1: but there's there is so much of value that comes to us uh, from the um, uh, the visionaries at Medjugorje. and one of those is an operation where the Blessed Mother laid out the basic elements of what we should all be doing uh, as a way uh, of setting a rule for ourselves and I want to cover those elements individually uh, just quickly and then we can go through them in some detail.
0: yeah she called this the weapons of our warfare <laughs> to battle the Goliath of our life
1: yeah. Uh, Here, she says, are the little stones, the little stones. And why little stones? Because these are simple things, but if they're done with precision, if they're done with intent, if they're done, Francis, with love, (laughs) then we know how powerful they can be.
0: And we can be those little Davids slaying our (laughs) Goliaths.
1: No surprise, at the top of the list, we'd find prayer. Now, of course, prayer... um, can be defined very simply. The rosary, uh, vocal prayer, simply praying the Our Father, our, our, our own um, uh, St. Teresa tells us, one Our Father prayed intentionally is as powerful as many hours of prayer. It's what is in our heart as we pray. And of course, the rosary I- I- is
0: um,
1: uh, one of the more popular uh, forms of both prayer and meditation and ultimately can become contemplation.
0: And on that Our Father prayer, if you want a good meditation on the Our Father, the second half of St. Teresa of Avila's book, The Way of Perfection, is a reflection. I think that's it's, it's in the...
1: 27.
0: Yeah. Yes. It's a reflection on the Our Father. And, and she spends like several, several pages just on the first two words, Our Father. Yeah. And so um, I want to encourage you to check that out.
1: Back to the point we raised earlier about a life of intentionality, it's true with our prayer. Prayer is not simply, and of course we've talked about this at length on many conversations uh, that we've had in the past, Francis, but it is entering that state of prayer with deep, deliberate intentionality, right? right? We want to stand before God. We want to acknowledge God's presence. We want to acknowledge that he looks at us. One of the things Teresa says about recollection, I was just reading again the other day, the importance of recollection is realizing That Christ is standing right there looking at us. That's what we have to recollect. We have to recollect ourselves and acknowledge that Christ is looking at us. And can we look Him directly in the eye? That's a challenging thing. Try sometimes just sitting across from somebody and looking them directly in the eye for as much as three minutes. It's a very difficult thing. Yet Christ is doing that to us all the time. And we sometimes, more often than not, in fairness, we glance away. Right? We don't want to look right at Him. So Prayer is intentionality. It's recollection. It can be done in vocal form, in meditative uh, form, and, of course, uh, contemplative, uh, which we are called to.
0: Yes, and as a secular Carmelite, we're called to do 30 minutes of mental Prayer um, and the mental prayer can and compile a, a, a multitude of, of styles of prayer, but uh, that gazing on the Lord is one of the most excellent, uh, a very receptive, open mental prayer. But yeah. you know, Teresa says uh, prayer <clears throat> is a <clears throat> intimate conversation with Him whom we know loves us.
1: And, and I think you you raise a good point when we talk about prayer. Set a time. You know, maybe it's only going to be fifteen minutes. Say that it's going to be 15 minutes. Define what you want your prayer to be. If it's the office, if it's the rosary, whatever. Define a time. Ideally, you'll define the time of day that it's going to happen. Yes. For me, it happens to be the morning. That works best for me. For others, it's the evening or maybe the middle of the day. It doesn't matter. Again, this you set for yourself, but set it. That's the important thing. The second thing. Daily attendance at Mass. Now, obviously, this is difficult for everybody to, to try to make Mass every single day. We have other commitments. We have geographic limitations. We may have travel limitations.
0: You may not have Mass available in your community daily, but... or it may be too far. So but so Mass, of course, every Sunday, every feast day, every obligation, uh, but as often as possible. And
1: that's the resolve, is to say, I'm going to go as often as possible. Um, and a, a short of a Mass, of course, we know we can make a spiritual communion. I don't want to make a a lengthy explanation of this because it, it, it warrants some additional clarification. But it's the expression of the desire to be with the Lord and have the Lord with us that defines a spiritual communion. And and there is uh, theological grounding for this. In Teresa's writings, uh, uh, not the least of which, but of course in many other uh, saints' writings, the idea of an expression of desire to be with the Lord can constitute a spiritual communion.
0: Yeah, you can say simply, you know, Lord, I can't receive you sacramentally, so please come into my heart spiritually.
1: Yes, exactly. Uh, I'm going to skip the next one on the list, Francis, and go to the one beyond, which is confession, reconciliation. Uh, you know, there are a lot of thoughts on this. At the very least, I think we should be attending reconciliation once a month, hmm. once every six yes. weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Majegore, the Blessed Mother allegedly has said once a month, uh, reconciliation would be uh, very important for uh, uh, you know overcoming the sins of the world, uh, and so we strongly recommend that. <laughs> yes, it's our delete
0: our button, you know, you delete the sin from your life by yeah. going to confession.
1: <laughs> yeah, and of course we know we're called to confession. Isn't simply wiping away our sins that's an important part of it but our sins were wiped away at the cross we go to confession to begin the healing process right yeah to deepen our love and our appreciation our understanding not only of our woundedness which is true but how we've wounded our savior
0: yeah and you know so we're absolved of sins if we're truly sorry and but we're also receiving grace and strengthened so that we will not fall into those sins again
1: Yeah. Reading the Bible. So Uh, important. Yes. You know, we said this is the intellectual element, but it's really not the intellectual element. It's the spiritual element. We need to be fed every single day on the word. Francis, you had a list of things I thought drew this list out. Before we go back to the the fifth one on on the list for Medjugorje that I thought... Uh, w- was probably worth noting
0: well let me just say this before we go on but saint jerome said ignorance of scripture is ignorance of christ and pope john paul the second also yeah. quoted that so ignorance of scripture is ignorance of christ first time somebody told me that i was astounded i'm like oh you're right you know um so but yes this little list there's little seven things here in order to grow we need to eat So read the Bible. That's food.
1: We eat the word, right?
0: Yes. In order to grow, we need to breathe. That's prayer. Prayer is to the soul what air is to the lungs. In order to grow, we need good spiritual hygiene, confession of sin. In order to grow, we need a caring family, fellowship, community. In order to grow, we need regular exercise, service. In order to grow, we need protection, Against temptation, that's spiritual warfare. And in order to grow, we need to give. That's stewardship, acts of mercy, kindness, charity.
1: Yeah, so you know, sort of back to our uh, fitness regimen and the analogy of a fitness regimen, we need all of these things, and your rule should encompass all of those in some way. We need to uh, obviously we talked about prayer, we talked about the Word, we talked about Mass, we talked about um, in in Carmel, of course, we talk about community and the importance of a good spiritual friendship. Saint Francis de Sales, I read the other day, has a great saying. You know, to be a spiritual person doesn't mean to uh, distance ourselves from other people; it means to be aligned with people who are also seeking a spiritual uh, a path and, and, and a deeper relationship with the Lord, it's changing in some cases our friendships, but not removing them.
0: And often, more than not, you will find where there's one saint, there's another, like yeah. <laughs> like Saint John of the Cross and Saint Teresa. They're there together.
2: They, they <laughs> Francis to and and
0: uh, Claire, Claire right. oh, and so on and so forth.
2: And
1: they lift each other up. That's important. We need spiritual conversation. We need friends. We need people who will. Be there when it's tough, and also to be there when we're in a, a state of rejoicing. The last one from the list in Magigori is fasting, and I know this one sometimes uh, you know draws some um, some discussion. But uh, I can't say enough about the importance of fasting. I've had to recommit myself to fasting so many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, falling away and then redefining how I'm going to fast, and then falling away again, and then coming back and getting. Uh, 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 you know, sort of um, uh, reawakened in in my need to make that commitment. Um, and and I can't say, as I said at this point, enough about the importance of it, simply because the Blessed Mother uh, in Magigori, according to the visionaries, has said it is a central element of our faith. We must fast. Now, yeah. how you define the fast, I think, is important. Again, I'll say whatever definition you may give to it and we'll we'll offer the one from majorori but whatever you give you're going to be challenged in it. I don't care if you say, I'm not going to eat hotcakes.
0: Well, for a week. if it's not a challenge, is it worth it? Yeah. <laughs> it should be a challenge.
1: <laughs> and it's going to be no matter what we do. But at Magigori, it's fairly clear. It's Wednesdays and Fridays, bread and water, um, and, and try to sustain that through the day. Now, uh, here in the West, we say, well, you know, you can have a small meal to sort of get you over and you can have that at any part of the day. Again, I, I don't know that it matters as much what you define simply. Acknowledging that you're sacrificing something, some number of days, for some period of that day, um, and no matter what it is, you're going to be challenged and try to hold that.
0: Because what this is, this is an act of mortification. Yeah. It's denying yourself. Yeah. And remember the scripture passage, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. So yeah. this is the, the big part of deny yourself here.
1: Really, the two central tenets to spiritual growth in the Carmelite order Uh, And I get this from um, uh, the uh, author of uh, our daily, I'm sorry, I've lost it. I hadn't intended to bring this up. But uh, Magdalene, uh, Uh, Father Gabriel, Gabriel, yeah, of Mary
0: Magdalene. Yes.
1: Thank you. Um, Uh, Divine intimacy. He says the two tenets um, in, in a separate book he wrote on union with God are prayer and mortification. Yes. Those are the central things. And themes.
0: Teresa says that, too.
1: Yeah, exactly. It comes through all of the writings of the great saints in Carmel. And so denying ourselves and actively engaging in prayer. Those are the two central elements. As Francis said, take up your cross. All
0: right. Well, so those five, just, just all in a row, prayer, mass, fasting, confession, and Bible. Five stones for uh, your David to slay Goliath. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, there's another short list that we have. This one actually comes from Blessed Cardinal uh, John Henry Newman. And here's what he has to say. Francis, would you read his quote?
0: If you ask me what you are to do in order to be perfect, I say, give your first thought to God. Make a good visit to the Blessed Sacrament. Say the rosary well. Be recollected. Keep out bad thoughts. This is huge. <laughs> Make your evening meditation well and examine yourself daily. So there's seven points there.
1: Yeah, very critical. Let's go through each of them because you're right, Francis. Um, this is very simple. Anybody can fo- can identify this list. It's not as easy to follow. But Let, let's go through it.
0: First thought to God when you wake up. I was taught this, and I, I am so happy. Um Father Hughes, love Father Hughes. Father Robert Hughes taught me this. He said, when you first wake up, give your one hand to Jesus and your other hand to Mary. Ask the Holy Spirit to overshadow you. St. Joseph to watch my back and St. Michael to lead the way. And then consecrate yourself to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus and ask for you know the Holy Spirit to, to lead you through the day. And so I have remembered that. And, of course, you can add to that. But it was very simple.
1: Very straightforward. Get up. And offer yourself to God, mm-hmm. Lord. Thank you for bringing me. Say through through this night. Read a morning prayer. If there's a, a deliberate morning prayer in your, uh, in your favorite prayer book, read that prayer. Thank you for taking me through this evening. I commit this day to you, Lord. I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I begin this day, and I ask your guidance. I ask to fulfill your will and to be given the courage and the necessary grace to do whatever you may ask of me today. Something simple like that. Mm-hmm. Just start your day in the Lord. What does He say next?
0: The second point was of the Blessed Sacrament. So
1: So I've begun my day with the Lord. I might as well go have breakfast. (laughs) Now that can be Mass.
0: (laughs) Food for the the soul. (laughs) It
1: may well be Mass, but it might just be that I get to stop off at a church or a chapel on the way to my office, my school, my, um, you know, uh, whatever my commitment might be in the home. Um, But something to acknowledge, again, acknowledging that there may be logistical limitations to this, some way to try to find Um, uh, that time with the Lord. This is not prayer now. This is the the spending of the time with the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, with the Blessed Sacrament.
0: Right, and the third point is Say the rosary well.
1: Yeah, so here he pray goes back the to Madrigori <laughs> and says prayer. It's pray the rosary well. So um, uh, Cardinal Newman is obviously, blessed Cardinal Newman, is advocating the rosary. Uh, but but what he really means here, he's encompassing the context of prayer. Um, engage in prayer. Engage in deliberate prayer. Do it well, Yeah, he says, that,
0: that, that does not mean hurriedly, just to get it done. <laughs> One Hail Mary said really well is worth more than 20 Hail Marys rushed through. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Again, this life of intentionality. And do we enter into the prayer? Did I go and take that college course because I wanted somebody to give me the grade that said Uh I did it? Or did I really want to gain the material? The knowledge that was in the in the curriculum, if I really want to grow, if I want graces to come, even if I only get through half a rosary, if I took 20 minutes to pray half a rosary and I did it intentionally and sincerely and I was recollected and I stood not only before the Lord, but the Blessed Mother, then, yes, I fulfilled that commitment.
0: All right, and the next point is um, remain recollected. That means keep your eyes on Christ within your own self, within yes. within yourself, not <laughs> looking for God outside yourself, which you know seems to more, be more easily done. Find God within yourself.
1: In karma, we might use uh, Brother Lawrence's practice of the presence of God. Of course, uh, Teresa talks extensively about recollection. John talks about you know not letting any of the distractions in. Stay within yourself stay within the lord and know that he is with you at all times the next one francis is huge
0: yeah keep out the bad thoughts you know you really got to listen to what's going on in your head yeah listen to the voices in your head because (laughs) some of them are not very positive
1: we're going to talk and this is the uh, preemptive for next week but we're going to talk next week about uh, John's teaching, because Father uh, Stinson is the author of the book I mentioned, uh, S- Father Stinnison brings up a very important point about purification of the memory. Mm -hmm. purification of those thoughts and what an avenue into despair and discouragement those thoughts can be if satan really wants to take advantage of us and so we're going to enter into a discussion about spiritual warfare and we're going to talk about this way of accepting god's will for our life which has as much to do with uh, sort of healing our past as anything and so i want to leave a little bit of that for next week but keeping out bad thoughts is really the first level of spiritual warfare we have to engage in this battle, and we have weapons at our disposal to do that. We'll talk about that next week. All
0: right, and the sixth one is make evening meditation well. So you want the bookends of your day, morning prayer and evening prayer. Now, as a secular Carmelite, we do both through the office, but if you're not reciting the office, then you know just make a point to make a morning prayer and an evening prayer. And in addition to that evening prayer is that final point, examine yourself daily. And I know uh, my dear friend, Father Hughes, he said you know uh g- go to to your evening uh examination and say okay lord what did i mess up on you know and and ask for forgiveness lord what do i need the most and lord um what am i most grateful for very simple
1: simple Things that we will do. That's the important point. Make the rules something that you can do. You'll still have struggles with it. You'll still have trials trying to fulfill it. But make it something simple. So as you said, Francis, that evening meditation, so very important for us. It may be the office or it, it may be some other form of evening meditation.
0: It could be spiritual reading that leads you into meditation.
1: Yeah, and I want to encourage, too, on this idea of the examination, a daily examination, it's not a bad idea to write that down. One, it begins a spiritual uh, journaling process, but also it will serve as fruit for your next reconciliation. Mm. You will see what's occurring time and time again, maybe the weaknesses that you have, maybe the the trials that you have in trying to overcome a particular vice or practice a particular virtue. And you say to yourself, I know I can hear it already, Francis. People are saying, yes, I know what those are, Mark. I don't need to worry about it. Trust me, if you keep a a journal uh, and you write down your examinations, even if it's only little footnotes, a uh, little quick uh, uh, statements. You'll see a pattern begin to develop, and the Lord will reveal it to you. That's the important thing. Let's not rely on our own minds for all of this. The Lord will reveal to us, because we've made the commitment to grow in our spiritual journey by defining a rule. We didn't spend a lot of time on the Carmelite rule. We have in the past. We've done, an, in fact, an entire program on it. I encourage you to, to go back and listen to that. The important thing I think we wanted to emphasize is, start today. Define a rule for yourself. Make it something that you can achieve. Don't be dogmatic about it. But at the same time, the importance is do it. Make the time to write it down and then begin to live it in each day of your life.
0: And let me just throw out two suggestions that I found when I was just Googling you know, a rule of Catholic life. Uh, one's called A Rule of Life for Daily Christian mm-hmm. Living by Father Michael Woodgate um, by the Catholic Truth Society. I thought that was a good starting place. And there's another one Rules of the Catholic Life based on Behold Thy Mother, the Servite Manual. And I thought it was very good. It's from... Um, it has has the imprimatur on it from 1959. Uh, so you can Google those and uh, find those. So um, we we coming to the end of the hour all oh, so quick. How, how fast these conversations go by. <laughs>
1: well, we're going to practice an element of our rule right now by closing in prayer. Again, next week we'll be talking about, it'll be a three-part series on the activity of the will and how we conform our will uh, to God's will. And we'll be using Father Stinneson's book, Into Your Hands, Father as we go through that three-part series.
0: All right, we're going to do the closing prayer now. It's from St. Teresa of Avila, and it's about um, redeeming our lost time. So in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. It seems, my Lord, my soul finds rest in considering the joy it will have if through your mercy the fruition of yourself is granted it. But first it would want to serve you since it will be enjoying what you, and serving it, have gained for it. What shall I do, my Lord? What shall I do, my God? Oh, how late have my desires been enkindled, and how early, Lord, were you seeking and calling that I might be totally taken up with you? Do you perhaps, Lord, abandon the wretched or withdraw from the poor beggar when he wants to come to you? Do your grandeurs or your magnificent works, Lord, perhaps have a limit? Oh, my God, and my mercy, how you can show them now in your servant? You are mighty. Great God, now it can be known whether my soul understands itself and being aware of the time it has lost and of how in a moment you, Lord, can win this time back again. Recover, my God, the lost time by giving me grace in the present and future so that I may appear before you with wedding garments. For if you want it, you can do so. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Well, thank you for spending another hour with us on Carmelite Conversations. Again, we look forward to being with you next week. Until then, God's blessings.
0: to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. The program you just heard was a rebroadcast of Carmelite Conversations.